0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
1: Welcome back. 1250 is the time here in the KSL newsroom. Uh, This is a heartbreaking story. When I saw the alert come through uh, via text message over the weekend that four Utahns had lost their lives in an avalanche, I was just absolutely heartbroken. And really, uh, that's that's, that's a natural reaction, I think. Uh, and it also, of course, instantly leads to uh, to questions about uh, you know the conditions and uh, new safety gear and technology and tactics. And uh, I you know I did what I can or did what I could rather to to, to read up and get familiar with things. Uh, but you can only learn so much, and uh, what you are left with is uh, just mourning. And uh, and so while I didn't know uh, I didn't know the the names or anything about these individuals. Uh, I, I today mourn for them and for their families. And that mourning grows only more profound as uh, we do learn a bit about them and their adventurous spirits and the examples they left for others and set for others while they were alive. And uh, and also we learn more about, uh, about the sport in which they were engaged, this pastime of backcountry skiing uh, or snowboarding or whatever activities take you into the backcountry. Uh, anyway, I... Uh, I am not an expert on these things uh, by any means. Uh, my, my skiing experience is you get on the lift, you go up, you, you slide down wherever the groomer's been. Uh, and so this backcountry world is one uh, totally foreign to me. And and I presume that's the case for, for many of you. And so let's not pretend that we know what's going on back there. Uh, let's instead go to the experts. Uh, joining me now on the program is uh, Drew Hardesty, forecaster with the Utah Avalanche Center. Drew, welcome to the program, sir. How are you?
2: afternoon, yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, you and I spoke uh, just about a
1: year ago, this time almost exactly a year ago, uh, and we were we were talking about uh, another incident where uh, this time an avalanche was uh, chasing a snowmobiler down the side of a mountain. That snowmobiler got away. Uh, but we, what that did for us was give us a chance to talk about uh, what exactly an avalanche is and what the nature of the danger it poses are. And, uh, and and, and I'd, I'd like to continue that uh, conversation today. But uh, let me first ask you, is there anything uh, is there anything about this avalanche that uh, it took the lives of these four Utah's and uh, nearly took the lives of more that uh, that, that that is surprising or, or different or unique about this year?
2: You know, we have a very unusual snowpack uh, insofar as that it's a bit more tenuous um, than we've seen in a number of years. And we have really strived to warn people of the dangers of this tenuous and unstable snowpack. The danger, uh, as I put it out there all over the weekend on Saturday, the day of the accident, um, was that we had a high avalanche danger, and we really worked the channels to try to convey that to people so they could make wise decisions when they headed up into the mountains.
1: What are the circumstances that have all come together to create these tenuous uh, conditions?
2: Yeah, it started back in the fall, you know, when we had those early fall and late fall storms. Um, it it sat on the ground up in the mountains. And then, as we all remember, it was pretty darn dry. We just didn't see much precipitation this fall and early winter. And what that does to that early season snowpack is that it makes it very weak and cohesionless. It really has all the strength, that early season snow, with a ha- as, as a house of cards. And when you tend to overload that house of cards with subsequent storms, with a lot of snowfall and a lot of wind, you just have that perfect combination of an unstable snowpack where you're going to see both natural avalanches and then human turd avalanches as well.
1: This avalanche that we saw over the weekend, I characterized as unintentionally triggered, is that what does that mean exactly?
2: That's a really great question. You know, when we're paying uh, the lift ticket to go up to ride the uh, lifts of the ski resort, we're paying in part um, the avalanche professionals of the ski areas to go out and intentionally knock down these avalanches to make it safe for the skiing and riding public. Um, when you're in the backcountry, um, you know, and you're, and you're in steep terrain and you trigger the avalanche, most of the time it's uh, it's unintentionally triggered. You didn't mean to trigger the thing because we know that these avalanches are really deep and deadly currently. So we write that it was unintentionally triggered. I understand.
1: Uh, you talked about the conditions here in Utah. A colleague of mine at ABC News earlier today on these airwaves reported that, uh, it's not just the case here in Utah but throughout the Intermountain West uh, in fact uh, those conditions so uh, you know far and wide without within the region uh, that we've seen the the deadliest week uh, since 1910 over a hundred years are you do you share that observation?
2: it's really significant um, and I think uh, of course we had the accident. Fatality outside of Square Top just leaving the Canyon Skira just a week ago, uh, I guess Saturday. That was a single avalanche fatality. But in the last week alone, there, uh, there was, a, I believe, a triple fatality um, up in Alaska, uh, just outside of Anchorage. And then also another triple fatality down in the San Juan mountain range in southern Colorado. And it's really uncommon in this day and age to see so many multiple. Um, avalanche fatalities in the same avalanche, and that's what's occurred this week alone.
1: Is there anything you know, looking at it larger than just what befell these four skiers here in Utah? Is there is there anything, any causal item? Is there anything that is leading to this? Are the conditions, as you described them, uh, you know, sufficiently you know broad that that, that it's going to buck this trend, or could this be? could this be a result of, of COVID-19? We've been shut in for so long. We need to get out and stretch our legs and have some excitement and find thrills.
2: I don't think that there is any causation or correlation with the pandemic. Um, we know that, uh, you know, backcountry skiing and riding has exploded, uh, in the last 10 or 15 years. And, and, uh, we're still on those trends. Okay. Uh, the secret's out, you know, I mean, uh, uh, the greatest snow on earth, is in in the backcountry uh, and untracked. And so people with a little bit of fitness and a little bit of knowledge can get out there and enjoy some amazing powder. But well, one of the other sides of the coin, uh, to be honest, is that in Utah here, I mean, for this burgeoning uh, metropolis here, uh, is that you can really get into the dragon's lair with, within 45 minutes of your house. And, and with very little effort. And so sort of that intersection between sort of desire and danger often comes to bear, and that leads to avalanche accidents.
1: Uh, Sir, we have uh, about 90 seconds left before it's time to say goodbye. And let me ask you this final question. Uh, For folks listening right now, who are making some plans, looking for a new hobby. They hear about backcountry skiing, and they, uh, they're they aware of all the gear and all the different things, and they have become YouTube experts, and they're uh, maybe soon in the next week or two going to venture out uh, for the first time on this backcountry powder. Uh, what, what advice do you give those
2: first-timers? I want them to know that when they choose to go into the mountains, whether it's backcountry skiing or riding or mountain climbing, they need to realize that they may not come home at the end of the day all of us that have spent time in this field can count on both hands the number of friends and family that have not come back from the mountains this is a very real risk that we undertake when we go into the mountains but it's the greatest joy in the world that backcountry skiing and riding and, and the greatest snow on earth people need to have a partner a shovel a beacon a probe maybe an avalanche airbag But they need, above all, to know what the avalanche danger is at the end of the day. I tell my friends with no experience, if it's considerable or higher, don't go. If they see something called a persistent weak layer, don't go. Enjoy it on the flats or pay for a lift ticket to enjoy the powder there at the ski resorts.
1: Drew Hardesty forecaster with the Utah Avalanche Center thank you so much for your time here today all right and Thanks I'm sorry so and I'm sorry that this happened uh, I, I know that uh, that backcountry skiing is a uh, it's a community and those that are drawn to it and those that seek that thrill uh, they're members of a community and I I believe you're a member of that community as well so it's uh, I, I believe uh, that you and yours have uh, you know endured a, a particular challenge here and I I am sorry for that going to uh, take a break here get some news when we return uh, we're going to shift gears pretty dramatically i want to talk to you a bit about the lessons learned watching the super bowl last night and then of course we'll talk about ads that's next on live mike
0: two years ago americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the kabul airport
1: there's desperation and anguish
0: more than eighty thousand afghans have since arrived in america but this story is still unfolding